A reading from Isaiah chapter 58. Is not this the fast that I chose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and the Lord will say, Here I am. All of us can recount a moment in life when we have felt that God has let us down. You did everything right, just the way you were taught. You clasped your hands firmly in front of you. You released your prayer to heaven. You prayed with your entire being. You gave it all away to God, holding nothing back. And upon your prayer's release, you asked God for some indication that your prayer was heard. Perhaps a sign, a hand, a cure. And you waited. Confidently, you waited. Yet, God's answer never came. Your need was not addressed. And you either learned to pray another way, or, you, or perhaps you gave up all together. Because God turned out to be too busy or too distant. Regardless of why, God was not who you thought God would be. In the 58th chapter of Isaiah, God's chosen people ask, Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Why do we worship, but you do not reveal yourself to us? Those same questions are as true for us today as they were then. Why do we pray Sunday after Sunday for peace, for health, for safety, for a remaking of this world, yet it has not yet come to pass? Why don't you speak to us loudly and clearly so the whole world can hear? Why? If you've ever experienced God's silence, then you know that it is stunning. Stunning in its totality. And through the silence, God's and eventually our own, I believe a truth begins to take shape. God's presence is not something that we can demand. Nor is God's job to reward our devotion in our prayers, and our worship on our time. And perhaps, through the silence, we learn another truth. God's agenda may be different from our own. God eventually answers the disenchanted people of Isaiah, saying, 
It is not I who have forsaken you, but you who have forsaken me. If you cannot hear me, it is because you have strayed far from my voice. It is not I who am ignoring you, but you who are ignoring me. The chosen people thought that God was with them when they prayed and fasted and studied their scriptures. They thought nothing pleased God more than for them to be bended on knee in their sacred spaces. But they were wrong. God was not with them in their sacred spaces. God was not with them in their fast. Where was God? God was most likely with the father who wondered how he would feed his child that day. God was most likely with the homeless woman who slept shivering under a bush. God was with the widow who questioned how her life would go on without her husband. God was with those who were shunned and marginalized because of their difference, who needed to be reminded of their birthright, their inherent nobility as God's own child, beloved. What the chosen people in Isaiah failed to realize through their lives of prayer and lives of devotion and worship was that they could not serve God without serving their neighbors. They cannot intimately know God through pious works alone. It's not enough. Their relationship with God was threaded into their relationship to other, especially the least in the last. It becomes clear God's chosen people had hoped that they could keep their faith a private matter between them and God, locked behind the doors in their sacred spaces. But that turned out to be an illusion. And through their disillusionment, they learn a powerful truth. God is not interested in religion. God is interested in human beings. That is a truth to hold on to. And if we believe we can hold ourselves apart from one another, that we are not related to one another, then we are living in a tragic illusion here and now. Hiding ourselves from those who hunger, those who mourn, those who call the outdoors home, those we deem different from ourselves, that is an issue as old as humanity itself. And of course we can choose to avert our eyes, to feign deafness when the cries for mercy and justice threaten to overwhelm us, But if we do, then we should not be surprised when we turn to God and we get no answer. Because we cannot hide ourselves from others without hiding ourselves from God. In today's gospel lesson from Mark, we witness Jesus do one thing over and over and over again. And he does it exceptionally well. He is the example. He surrenders to God. 
Christian tradition holds that Jesus was without fault. Yet he freely accepted John's baptism of repentance and forgiveness. Illustrating his solidarity with those at fault. When the voice from heaven told him that he was who he was, he attached no privilege to that divine favor. When the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, he did not seek a way out. And in the wilderness, he accepted the company that God gave him. Satan, wild beasts, and eventually some ministering angels. But what's important is that he gave no indication of preferring one to the other. He accepted where God sent him. Time and time again, he surrenders. And he shows us what it means to be faithful to God all the way to the cross. Surrender. We can surrender. We can leave our various sanctuaries in life and seek God where God is found. In the streets, in the homeless shelter, in the food pantry, the bedside of the dying, in the desert comforting the hopeless and the broken. God is always present with those who life has cast aside. Always. Through surrender, not only do we feed the hungry and shelter the homeless and clothe the naked and offer family to those who are orphaned, but we learn to claim our own. We learn to claim ourselves and we learn to claim our own. If God is silent, it may be because you're not speaking God's language. Yet there is always hope and time and forgiveness for us. God has taught us how to break the silence and has given us the words, Here I am. They're the words we long to hear when we pray to God. But they're also the words that God longs for us to speak. Not only to God, but to one another. Here I am. It begins with surrender. Amen.